Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Tuesday, June twenty seventh, two thousand and twenty three. Everybody, welcome to the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host uh, of the Tuesday show here. I'm Jacob Westendorf. And I have a different name in the as my display name here because Jacob Morley called me by a name that is a little inappropriate, so I'm not going to say it on here, but it is disparaging. It starts with a B and might refer to uh, a female version of a dog. I'm not sure what I did to deserve that particular uh, word being thrown my direction, but I am joined by Jacob Morley, who claims he has not sat down yet today. So uh, I can empathize with you. A little bit uh, over the weekend. I between the last two weekends, I have umpired thirty baseball games, and not a whole lot of sitting goes on when that happens either. And it's in the sun, and it's hot, and it's nasty, and it's a lot of fun. When the check hits on Friday, I'll be very happy with myself. <laughs> but I questioned my sanity several times over the last two weekends. Jacob Morley, you are now just sitting down for the first time because why? Well, as many know, I'm a uh, I'm a middle school teacher by day and I am a house painter by summer. And uh, like a lot of teachers are probably finding work in the summertime. But, man, I got to say, maybe something in my head, you know, is wired differently. But I love manual labor. Like, I really enjoy it. I really do there. And, and I'll tell you why. And you got to experience it. You got to see it today when you when you put in. A good, you know that you got a lot of work done in that day. You worked hard. You're proud of the work that you put in. When you get home and sit down, and you know, crack open a, a cold beverage of your choice, that's a great, that's a top, top five feeling, top five feeling in the world. I think um, it's just it's great to come home and feel that sense of accomplishment. Now, I will say there is no way in hell I could do this 12 months out of the year <laughs> at all. So, hats off to those of you that do. Um, man, it's hard work being out there in the sun, um, up and down those ladders and, you know, lifting and putting down heavy things. But, um, I do enjoy my time doing it in the summertime for the, you know, two and a half months that we get to do it. So, uh, that's why, uh, I'm a little bit tired. That's why I just sat down, but, uh, I'm excited to talk some ball. I think we have a fun 
uh, topic to talk about this week, and we're going to parlay it into next week as well. Um, but, but man, um, it's, it's a dead period, but the Packers seem to still be in the news, you know, for different reasons than they have in the past even. Um, and a lot of it has been positive, I think, for the most part in this transitional period. And I think we're going to, you know, we're going to start off with that, if I'm am not mistaken, Jacob. Yeah, just hoping that it stays that way. Obviously, I, I talked about this last week, how Andrew Brandt would always say that, you know, this was the time of year where he would just kind of hold his breath and hope he never got a phone call. And that's kind of how I opened my my bird app. And I hope that I never see something bad that happened with anyone, really. But I mean, yeah, the Packers. Like, uh, like Tyreek Hill somehow being in trouble again for hitting someone. Yeah, it's that amazing. Was, I guess I was... Weird. Yeah, a little weird. Well, I will say it was a little weird because uh, it was a man this time. So, you know, usually he tends to prey on the, the more vulnerable portions of the population. But I guess he went went that route now. But yeah, before we Dude, get and I, let me let me just say this too, real quick. I it, it just it and I know that this is just fans and we've talked about this plenty and it's not a team thing because like 32 out of 32 teams would employ Tyree kill because. Yep. Um, as also as Andrew Brandt has said, like with talent comes a longer rope, you know, or whatever the phrase is, like the more talented you are, the more chances you're going to get. But it has been kind of funny, not funny. It's sad, really, uh, to see, you know, for the longest time, like I have a lot, obviously a lot of Chiefs fans on my timeline kind of defend him and be like, well, you guys don't know the whole story. You know, he was being extorted. He was being this and that. He's not a good human. Like, he's not a good dude, and that's okay. He's really good at football. He's really, really good at football. That dude sucks, though. As a person, as a human, as a man, he sucks. That's all. There you go. I don't need to add anything to that. So let's move into somebody who doesn't suck as a human, and that's Aaron Jones, uh, who there was some discussion, scuttle, if you will, uh, on the Bird app today and and Colin Cowherd's uh, radio show. Basically saying they never saw a wow moment from Jordan Love uh, and maybe that the building, he said, I think it was last week, they said the building was split on him. And you guys have to forgive me if I've got my timelines jacked up on on some of that stuff. But they asked Aaron Jones about some things with Jordan Love and his quote was, he did it the right way. He waited his time and you never heard one peep or complain out of him. We all love Jordan here and he has everyone's full respect, and we're going to lay it all on the line for him. Now, listen, Morley, I will say this. I have no idea if Jordan Love is any good at football um, as a starting quarterback. Obviously, he's good. He's a professional player. He was drafted, blah, 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 all that stuff. I have no idea if he is a good starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't know if he will be. I have no idea if any of this stuff that's happening since the trade of Aaron Rodgers is going to matter. Because as I've said several times before, it's all fun and games now until that first backbreaking mistake that the quarterback makes. And he will. Every quarterback has. From Tom Brady all the way down to the worst quarterback you've ever seen. Whoever Justin that is. I, <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> sure. Um, so every, every quarterback has made that backbreaking mistake, right? So all these vibes and all that good stuff that's going on and the good juju surrounding the team and the quotes and Jair Alexander hugging him and saying best quarterback in the league and all that good stuff. It's all well and good until something like that happens. But I will say it is a lot more, and maybe this is just my feeling as a fan of not having to worry about some of the stuff, but it just feels kind of like a breath of fresh air. I remember I was talking to a guy who 
he's not in the organization, but he's been around the organization for a really long time. And we were talking about what it was like when Favre left. And he was like, you could almost feel like this exhale around the organization of like, okay, now that's over. Now, granted, it helps that Rodgers was very good shortly thereafter. Maybe that breath of fresh air would have just been, you know, very, very short lived because then it becomes worse when that quarterback is not good. But the point I'm getting at, it is a breath of fresh air kind of around the team, an exhale of every time Aaron Rodgers says something, does something, does whatever. Like, yeah, Jordan Love, there's stuff in the media about people saying they do believe in him. People say they don't believe in him. Like that gets that gets reactions because of course it does. But it's not the same as it is with Aaron Rodgers. And trust me, if Rodgers was playing at an MVP level, as he did for a very long time in Green Bay, then I am more than happy to deal with some of the issues, if you will, that come with employing a player like that. It is very similar, I always say, in the NBA. You employ LeBron James, you get some of the things that come with employing LeBron James. And you know what? For all 18 years that LeBron's been in the league, it's been worth it. For a vast majority of the time that Aaron Rodgers, was, it was worth it basically every year until last year. And when it became not worth it anymore, that's when the Packers moved on. But I'm just happy to see this stuff. I'm happy to hear the players. And it sounds like a team that is not that they weren't willing to fight for Aaron Rodgers or anything like that, but I feel like they are just going to go to war for Jordan Love and and make it so he's successful. But yeah, what's your take on on Aaron Jones and his quote from from today? Well, I think you laid that up perfectly because I think a lot of people will point to, well, yeah, Aaron Jones is just gassing up the new quarterback like because he's a good dude, he's a good teammate. All that, yeah, all that's true. But no one's making him do that. No one's making Jair go up and say that. And those guys know how the media works. They know that's going to be a storyline at this point in time. And a lot of people, you know, when the Jair stuff came out, talked about how, well, hey, you know, Von Miller said this about Paxton Lynch or whatever insert bad quarterback here. Like this is not some foreign thing for players to gas up or say that like, Hey, you know, so-and-so is going to be ready. They're going to be good. The Packers players are, are going more beyond that. Like they have his back as far as like, yes, we think he's ready, but also we love him. Like we love this dude. And, and, and I kind of compare it to, you know, like everybody's been in a job where their boss leaves or, you know, gets promoted or whatever. And that and that spot is open and someone internally gets hired, gets that promotion. You can love that person. And think they're not ready for it still. Right. But with the Packers. You know, in talking about this promotion of of Jordan Love to become the starting quarterback and them saying we will lay it all on the line for him. He did it the right way. It would be so easy for Aaron Jones, who did go to bat for Aaron Rodgers as well, to come back. Like, like we can't forget that. But it would be so easy for those veteran guys to be kind of butthurt about it. Like, man, like the Packers let a Hall of Fame quarterback go. That kind of for all intensive purposes, has shut the Super Bowl window for now. It would be really easy for those guys to just be kind of mopey about it, to be sad about it, to be upset even, and kind of take out some of that resentment on Jordan Love where it's like, 
yeah, you know, whatever. They don't need to say anything. But the fact that Aaron Rodgers was an all-world, all-pro, MVP quarterback, now gone. And they are immediately gassing up this young kid that's been there for three years because he's done it the right way. Um, because he's done everything that the coaches have asked him to and because they think he's going to be really good. So and maybe some of that stuff, this is where like the challenge comes in during the season, right? During Because during the season, like right now, like I said, it's all fun and games. It's kind of a honeymoon period kind of thing. Similar thing going on in New York with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the first great game that, that Rodgers has, it'll be, oh my God, we've got the savior. We've got the same stuff happened with Favre when he went there all those years ago. Like, the thing with, and I've said this before, I think Matt LaFleur's biggest challenge, and we've talked to guys about this before, um, you know, guys that were around the Philadelphia Eagles when Carson Wentz and Nick Foles were there. And there were guys that were Foles guys, and there were guys that were Wentz guys. And that's a tough thing to navigate, especially at the quarterback position. And I can promise you that, even if they're willing to like give love a chance, et cetera, there are guys in that Packers locker room. Most, I guess I shouldn't say I could promise you because I don't know that, but it is the most likely scenario that there are guys in that locker room that thinks the Packers should have kept Aaron Rodgers and just done whatever it took to keep because he's Aaron Rodgers. Like I know what Aaron Rodgers is and he's not Jordan love, you know, nothing against Jordan love, but he's unproven. There's nothing there. Um, there's nothing unless there. You, in unless, terms you of ask, what's, what's uh, unless you ask, unless you ask, Romeo Dobbs. Who, yeah, yeah, that's not. I love quite, that quote. Too. Yeah, that's not quite what he meant when he said that. But yes, I understand that. the The challenge for Lafleur is then to kind of do what he did in 2018 when he or 2019 when he came here, but now with a different quarterback. Is you have now a veteran locker room, kinda, with also a really young roster and a first year starting quarterback. So you've got guys like. You know, guys that you mentioned that are candidates to fit what you were just talking about. David Bakhtiari, who just happens to be one of Aaron Rodgers' best friends. Uh, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark to some degree. Like, do those guys start to get frustrated when Jordan Love goes through his growing pains? I don't know. But I think that is one of Matt LaFleur's, maybe his biggest challenge as a head coach to date. So that'll be an interesting thing to see. So we've gone 12 minutes on that. Let's get into our topic for tonight. And that is we are creating the all NFC North team. So this week we will start with the offense. And the idea here is number one, we are building a team to make the playoffs in well, attempting to, to make the playoffs in 2023. So for example, spoiler, we're not picking Jordan Love to be the quarterback of, of this team. There's just not enough evidence to, to support that. Even if a projection like Jacob Morley thinks he's going to be better than Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes put together. So that means we can't pick him for that. Maybe for if we were projecting forward, but we're just projecting for 2023. The other thing that we are doing is we cannot fudge positions. So for example, at left tackle, we cannot say, well, I picked this one, so we're moving the other one to right tackle, and we're just going to go from there. Like if the player plays left guard, he's going to play left guard for this team. We can't move him around or anything like that. Kind of in the name of simplicity, uh, but we're going to start at the most important position, and it's a weird debate it is. because for the last, what, 30 years, the answer's been well, Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. And now neither one of those guys are in this division. So the answer is one of two people. Uh, sorry to Bear fans that have stumbled upon this podcast, but Justin Fields does not belong in this conversation. 
And Jordan Love doesn't either. So if you're upset about that, then I guess I just proved objectivity to you because I'm not picking the Packers starting quarterback either. But it's between Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff. And when you like have a normal conversation about game managers slash quarterbacks who aren't good enough to do this slash guys that are like good and good, but not good enough or whatever. These are two of the guys whose names come up. It's like these two guys and Jimmy Garoppolo. Like those are the names that come up the most in terms of like game manager type of quarterbacks. So with that in mind, Morley, between the two, who are you picking? Man, I think it would be like, and I need to like, you know, you didn't mention, but we're building a team for next year, for one year. Like we have a job for one season. We have to make the playoffs next year or we are fired. Because if it was not, if you're like, hey, build this team out for the next five to 10 years, I probably would rather have, you know, I would rather have Jordan Love or Justin Fields over both these guys. I really would. Um, But if I'm building a team for next season, we have to make the playoffs. I'm taking Jared Goff. And the only reason, the only reason I'm going to take Goff is because he's brought a team to a Super Bowl. He's, He's been better in the playoffs than Kirk Cousins. Outside of that, they're the same guy. I'm not excited about either. I'm not thrilled, <laughs> but uh, and it, it's it's tough because Kirk Cousins is a game manager as well, but he's also a guy that has weathered you know over and over again in big moments. Jared Goff has as well to an extent, but he has at least proven he can get a team that's very talented. And by the way, this team is going to be very talented around him. Uh, he's proven that he can at least get that team to the Super Bowl. So what say you? I think Cousins is a more dynamic playmaker. Like if you're asking me like, hey, I want this quarterback to be paired with this head coach and have a chance to have an MVP kind of season. I think Cousins has a better chance of doing that than Goff, even though Goff has been like really good well, under Sean McVay. Who are you taking as your head coach? We didn't talk about that with it and we're not going to. But Kirk Cousins has played with Matt LaFleur in his system. Been uh, the answer for a coach, I don't think, is even a question. It's Matt LaFleur. Like, yeah. Kevin O'Connell's had one season. Dan Campbell, I'm sorry, I can't buy that. Matt Eberflus is 3-14. and 14, So, like, I don't think there's any question the answer is Matt LaFleur on that. But either way, that's not what we're doing. Um, I think that Cousins is a more dynamic playmaker. And this team is going to be very talented as well. So he's going to be able to throw to, you know, spoiler alert, Justin Jefferson is making the team. Um, among among some other guys, I the point that you're making about Goff is is an interesting one because yes, they did go, and I will say I have said in the past that Goff gets a little too much flack for a guy who, you know, you said led a team to the Super Bowl, and my mind went right to quarterback wins, but then I was like, well, and I know the pass interference thing from that championship game kind of you know clouds what happened, but the Rams were down by ten points in the Superdome on the road in the most hostile environment when Drew Brees was starting, maybe in the National Football League. And Goff led them back several times. Uh, I believe they were down by uh, double digits two separate times in that game. And the other thing about Goff that I will say is, as a quarterback, and maybe this is a byproduct of growing up watching and admiring Brett Favre, but I really do admire toughness. And that's not for me to say that Kirk Cousins isn't tough because he is, uh, he takes some shots. And I think, I think he's missed like one game since going to Minnesota 
and it was uh, COVID related. So that wasn't something he could control from an injury standpoint. They wouldn't have let him play anyways, but Goff, I remember broke his thumb. He didn't start that playoff game in Seattle. And then not only he went in, in relief in Seattle after John Wolford got injured, has a big game, beats the, beats the Seahawks on the road. And then the next week plays with a broken thumb in Green Bay against the Packers. And that was a game until it wasn't, you know, that was a close-ish game. It ended up being Rodgers hits a kill shot to Alan Lazard to end that game. So I think it's a debate um, for sure, but I am willing to to side with with Jared Goff on that. Did we just – oh, my God. We just we picked see? Jared – we picked Jared Goff. Man, uh, I'm telling you, it's harder when – I was hoping you'd be able to convince me somehow to take Kirk Cousins, but – you I really, can't, like, like I said, they're, they're tough, kind of in man. the same bucket. They're in the same bucket. And then I and think the tiebreaker you know, is playoff performance, I guess. Like, Goff's been a little bit better. But Goff I'm also has I know. Goff's Cousins, also struggled to get his team to the playoffs, too. So, I don't Well, so is Cousins, though. Like, yeah. I mean, he played well enough against the Giants this past year, I suppose. But he also, okay, well, they also, whatever. one of the lasting images of that game is it's fourth and seven, and he threw it he threw three yards down. to TJ Hawkinson. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. So, okay, well, whatever. We're taking Jared Goff. We're probably not going to win. Like, if you compile all uh, all the divisional teams and you made a team like this, the Packers probably aren't going to win the Super Bowl. Or, I'm sorry, the NFC North isn't going to win the Super Bowl because they just don't have the quarterback to do it right now. 
Um, so I guess Jared Goff's our quarterback. Um, do you want to move to receivers next? Who they're going to be throwing to? I think this is a little bit more clear cut. I, I want to hear. So we're going to take two two outside receivers. Running and back is clear cut. Running back, yeah, we'll we'll get to that, and then we'll maybe take two running backs. There's just a, a first team and a second team, uh, but. For receiver, we're going to take two outside receivers and one slot receiver. Um, so who would your two outside receivers be and who would your slot be? I, I would almost guarantee we're going to land on the same three. Yeah, Justin Jefferson, um, DJ Moore, and then my slot receiver is Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, yeah. I do that That's with all due respect to Christian Watson. But again, Watson needs to have – like yep. by this time next year, I think Watson is on this team. But I can't do that right now with more being traded over and and St. Brown being as good as he has been. And Justin Jefferson, again, this isn't a projection. This is kind of a what have you done, not yep. what will you do. Well, it's and it's Justin Jefferson, you could argue, is the best receiver in the game who can yes. play in the slot, who can play outside, who can do everything. So can DJ Moore. And then I would say Amon Ross, St. Brown is probably one of the best slot receivers in the NFL right now. And so those two guys, I think, are a slam dunk. I think they're at the top of the league as far as their position. And then DJ Moore is a really good football player um, who has done more in his career, like you said. I think Christian Watson might be the next guy in line, even even if, you know, even with his one year of productivity. um, You might you can make a case for like Mooney. Um, I would. I, would I think Watson's it. your next guy. I wouldn't make the case for like Addison or, or I think it's no. between like Watson and Mooney would be your quote unquote backups. If and doing maybe that Clay, Claypool, maybe just I think he, Chase, I think Chase Claypool. I think stinks he stinks, too. but, uh, but he has had some productivity in the NFL. Yeah. I would take like Marvin Jones from sure. the lions over him. And I know that sounds strange. And like, I, if we could do any projection whatsoever, I would take Jordan Addison over him too. I just I Same. don't have a very high opinion. Of let's Sage uh, Moore, but let's move. Let's move. So so we have Jared Goff as our quarterback. We have Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, Amon Ra, say Brown, and at running back, we're taking Aaron Jones. Yes, that's slam dunk, especially with Dalvin Cook. Um, I think you could have made the case for Dalvin Cook um, two years ago, but I feel like he's really fallen off. And, you know, and he's fallen off the Vikings team. He's not even on it anymore. So um, the other running backs, I think you can make a case for like healthy, healthy DeAndre Swift is a really good football player. DeAndre Swift is a Philadelphia Eagle. He's not even with the Lions anymore. So what am I talking about? So you're, I think you're second. So it's, yeah, it's David Montgomery uh, in Detroit. And then, so I think the second back is interesting because they're all guys that have been, except for Montgomery, AJ Dillon. And Alexander Madison have been second running backs their entire career. And then there's Montgomery. So that probably makes you give the nod to Montgomery as the probably. second guy if we were doing a second guy. But I think there's good arguments. The rookie. Sure. I think there's good arguments for Dylan or if Dylan were if Dylan had, had his 2021 season last year, like and the vibes around it were just better. Cause I think everybody thinks like AJ Dylan was disappointing last year. He said as much, the coaches have said as yeah. much, et cetera. But if he had his 2021 season, I think we're talking more about him. So there's your running backs. Uh, let's do, let's go left tackle. Um, so this is where things get a little bit interesting, I think. Um, but I am still leaning David Bakhtiari. And when Bakhtiari is healthy, which he was at the end of last year, and he plays, 
he's I think he's he's not better than Trent Williams. I know Packaday colleague Mark Eckel always says he's the best left tackle in the league, but I think Trent Williams is that. But Bakhtiari He's top he, two, he's top two, not one when he's healthy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So I mean, based on that, I don't think the other player to be considered is Christian Derisaw yep. from the Vikings. And if we were doing really this, football player. we would be considering talking about moving him over to right tackle. But I don't think you can do since we're not doing that. That makes this easy too. that Panay Sewell is your right tackle um, for oh, that. Yeah. So the tackle That's portion cool. is pretty easy. Where it gets interesting is like guard and center. Because so is it is uh, so we're going with Bakhtiari over Derisaw like we that's I am I guess you said he's top I mean, two not one so you're picking I think I think I land with that too but I I I want to talk about Derisaw because he's probably one of the five best left tackles in the NFL right now. Yeah, but five to, is not two. I know, but he's good and he's healthy and he's younger and so like. But you only need one year. That's the thing is we have one year. But but there are there are enough concerns with Bakhtiari's knee that I think you have to raise that question, even if it's just one year. Yeah, and I I think that's a fair question. I'm just willing to take the risk. um, Yeah, personally, I will give. I'd give. I'll give Bakhtiari the nod because I do think he's he's more accomplished and he's better right now. But if someone came in and said, hey, Derisaw is the guy, and we're going with him because we believe that he's going to be healthy and we just aren't going to worry about that knee. We're not going to have to make an alternative practice schedule for him, all that. I would completely understand that. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm fine with Bakhtiari. Uh, Sewell is a slam dunk at right tackle. Um, left guard, I, my yeah, head I says Elton. And but I think that's an easy answer because the Bears' left guard is Tevin Jenkins. Detroit's left guard is Jonah Jackson. He's good, but he's not. Yeah, and Minnesota's is Ezra Cleveland. So, with apologies to Peter Bukowski because I know that was one of his draft crushes at that time. No, thank you. Elton Jenkins is your left guard for this team, and your center Stan- Frank has got to be Ragnow, right? Ragnow, yes. I, I was think he's say- one of the better centers in the league. Um, he's better than Bradbury. He's better than. Cody Whitehair. Cody Whitehair is a nice player, but he's better than him. Uh, and he's better than Josh Myers. So, yeah. Ragnow is so an easy right, Yeah, so your right guard is between – so the Lions have Vitae playing right guard for them, and the Bears have Nate Davis, who just came over from Tennessee. Uh, Green Bay has John mm-hmm. Runyon, and the Vikings have Ed Ingram. And I know Vikings fans do not like Ed Ingram, so that's not going to be the answer. Um, it's really – I think it's between – Vitae and Nate Davis. Um, with all due respect to John Runyon, I just I think he's average, which is fine. That's like a really valuable thing to have at guard. I just think we're aiming a little bit higher if that's the route we're going to go. If you want to talk about Runyon Morley, you can, but I, I really yeah. do. I think it's between yeah, Vitae and, and Nate Davis from Chicago. I tend to lean Davis from Chicago just because I know Ooh, where yeah. he came from. I um, mean, coming from Tennessee, I just think that you need – in my opinion, well, and they kind of have that, I guess, with Ragnow on the team too, but the enforcer on that group, you know, who is TJ Lang? Who is uh, Josh Sitton to a lesser degree on some of that stuff? Just who's the guy that you never want the team to get in a fight, but like, hey, if we get in one, this is the guy who's in the middle of it. And not only that, but we want him on our side kind of thing. What kind of um, team are we going to be? Because I will, I'll say this, 
I think Runyon Jr. is the best pass protector of that group, but I think I think Vitai and Nate Davis are good in pass pro and are MFers in the run game, which Runyon Jr. is not. No, um, and I think I think that's where the balance comes in, right? Like Runyon is yeah. the best pass protector, but his I deficiency would, in the run why, game. I think I would go. I think I would go with Vitai. He has I, that I mean, tackle experience too, to where if somebody got injured, because like Vitae played left tackle for that Super Bowl team in Philadelphia. Yeah, um, I like Vitae better than Nate Davis. I actually think I think Nate Davis is a little overrated, if I am being quite honest. I think you've convinced. Uh, but me. I also don't tackle. Really, I don't know a ton about guard play. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't follow guard play super closely in the NFL. Um, I wouldn't say that I do, but. I would say that I feel I know pretty good Nate about Davis. It. I remember Nate Davis coming out of school wherever he came from. Where he was a small school guy. I remember him at the Senior Bowl. He was like North Carolina, Charlotte or A and North Carolina, Charlotte. And he is. I mean, Great he is most. a he is a a, a mean mf'er, and I like him in the run game. I think he mashes in the run game. But I I would take Vitai, but I am willing to. Uh, yeah, man, I think the tackle experience is true. Vitae is so much bigger than him. Yeah, and I think I think that helps now that you've you've kind of convinced me. It's kind of like having Billy Turner on your team, but well, I mean, obviously they're different players. But Vitae has that flexibility. Then, hey, somebody gets hurt, you move them in, you move them around, um, and and that's having it, that, that that's probably that our Green Bay. that's probably our weakest part of the offensive line too is our right guard. And you've seen how valuable having someone like that on the team can be. You know, having being able to plug Zach Tom and not have to shuffle the entire offensive line. Being able to do that in past years with Billy Turner and not having to shuffle the entire offensive line around. So the only thing left is tight end, which, again, I I think is pretty easy. It's TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. Um, Laporta's a rookie. Brock Wright had some nice moments last year, but, I mean, they drafted a tight end top 30 or top 35. Cole Komet, maybe, uh, you could have a discussion with, but I just think that, um, if even if, you, even if I was making a team for next year, it would be Hawkinson, and then I legit would take Musgrave as my tight end too. Oh, and I mean, and I know that you would probably take Laporta just because you liked him. I did, but I and I did too. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Sam Laporta. I think he's gonna be awesome, but I like Musgrave more. And if I am taking a guy, and I know we're not projecting, but like. If I'm taking someone to just add something different to the team, it's got to be one of those two rookies. Um, yeah, if, I think if even as rookie tight ends, I think if you're building a, a team for next year, I feel like the answer Bob Tunyon might even get into this conversation just as yeah again just for next just because the the rookie tight end class I, I you know I don't want to get what's the phrase ahead of our skis here or anything like that yeah so I just don't I don't know. Um, thankfully yeah, we only I have to, every, only I can't say it. everything that we've said in this podcast. I can't just jump out here and then be like, I would take Musgrave without seeing him play a single snap. Right. Is, yeah. It's just tough to take a rookie. And that's kind of the deal. You know, like our friend Peter says, rookies are usually bad and that's true. So if it is one year and if our jobs are on the line, then yeah, it would obviously be Hawkinson would be the first guy we take. And then you probably are talking about veterans like Komet, Komet and Tanya. Tanya. Yeah, and the yeah. Packers don't have a Josiah DeGuara for the win. Woo. Yeah, so there's our team, guys. How did we do? Let us know. Let us know. We don't need taking one a of those. pullback. 
It'd be no, CJ already- Ham anyways, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably. Um, okay, guys, we're we're that's our team. We're out of time for for this week. We'll be back next week. Someone write that down. Someone write the team down and tell us how many wins they would they would get. There that's we go. I, mean. I will make sure to get that shot out there for everybody to see. Um, but check us out at Pack a Day Podcast. You can follow Morley. He's at Jacob Morley. You can follow me. I am at Jacob Westner. I appreciate you guys. We are one week closer. We're less than a month away from the start of training camp. We've got a few weeks uh, of dead zone period. The next time Morley and I speak to you will be the 4th of July. So a happy early Independence Day to all of you. And uh, enjoy the barbecues, the fireworks, or whatever it is that you guys do. Me, I work baseball games on the 4th of July weekend. That's what I've done for the last three or four years. So that's what I'll be doing. Uh, But if you're not working and are able to enjoy your life, then please feel free to do so. Uh, let us know if there's anything you guys want us to talk about uh, next week. Like I said, we'll be doing the all NFC North defense, but if you guys get something better for us to talk about, we'll be happy to do that. Uh, but until then from Jacob well, actually, Morley, one last thing, one last thing. If you hate the picks that we made, please direct all hate tweets at Andy Herman underscore NFL. Thank you. Agreed. Thank you guys for listening. See you next week. knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer put lifelock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss plus with a u.s-based restoration specialist on your team you won't have to face drained accounts fraudulent loans or other losses from identity theft alone all backed by the lifelock million dollar protection package change the game on identity theft save up to 25 percent your first year at lifelock.com aware